Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello, everyone. Hello, gentlemen. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know what, if I woke up early this morning or, you know, a little bit, there's a, there's a spring in my step. I don't know. There's just things going on. I just feel a bit more punchy today than normal. So we were already teasing Seth before the, the, the <laughs> podcast already. So it's, it's going to be a fun day, I think. Yes. We're going to have some, yes. we're going to have some words. I'm Lots personally pumped about this conversation today, but we'll get to that. Tommy loves lakes. He likes swimming in them. He likes boating in them, fishing in them. Ever since I went to Wisconsin for a summer vacation, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Lakes are. Wisconsin. Is that not a pro? Is that how you say it? Well, it's it's close. It's, there's no e in the beginning of it, but that's okay. Wisconsin. Oh. Oh. Wisconsin. That, that, that's gonna. That's. I'm gonna blend I told you, I'm punchy. New York I'm gonna, accent on that. You better be on point today. I'm gonna get you. Who asked you? So who asked you? <laughs> oh goodness. So let's go through some openers here. There's a lot of articles that are have appeared recently. I think there's some things we definitely want to talk about. Um, we've kind of. Um, We've kind of been doing a lot of things in general. We've just been very busy. So having some more live sessions here recently, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. One thing I am very, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm nervous about this, but I definitely want everyone to be aware. This is the same level, you know, alert, alert. This is the same type of alerting that was, uh, that we were kind of giving out when we were talking about fabric being introduced because there was some weird settings in the admin portal that were by default off but will be turned on at a certain point in time so be aware there is a post from the microsoft team the the post is literally titled heads up uh power bi will power bi OneDrive and sharepoint will be report viewing will be on by default starting in october so uh, let's quickly talk about the feature and then we'll talk about you need to be paying attention to this and you need to have a policy or you need to figure this out for your organization. Do you want this on or do you not? So the feature is, I think, if I understand this correctly, go to SharePoint without going to PowerBI.com, be able to view a Power BI report inside SharePoint. You can, you can go to a report, click on the report file, just the way you would view it you know, you go to a SharePoint right now with Excel, you can click on the Excel document, the Excel document opens up in the browser, and you're now reading or viewing that Excel sheet. I think this is the same thing. You're going to be able to, to see the report. Now, I don't know if it's see or edit the report, but you're going to see the report in the browser inside SharePoint. Thoughts, gentlemen? So the feature is cool and it is it's just really viewing the desktop file but in a consumable in the consumable appearance in the ui um and any report that's available in onedrive or sharepoint can be kind of neat it's actually not a terrible experience but it's probably something you really want to plan out from an organization point of view yes it's definitely something you don't want just to turn on by default let me give you what i think will happen right this is what i think will happen please I think what will happen, and this is what I don't understand yet, I've got to figure it out, but if you want to track what's being done in Power BI, if you want to track who's opening what reports, if you want to track what's being used or not being used from your Power BI ecosystem, you would probably not want to turn this on. You would probably want to leave this feature off and not let people view files from SharePoint. Yes, they can store them there, that's totally fine. Just make them files and and push the teams to push these files into PowerBay.com and do proper sharing, right? My 
my suspicion that's going to happen here is everyone's going to be like, oh, this is amazing. I don't even need PowerBI.com now. And so now people will just show up, even though they have a pro license, they'll put reports together in a SharePoint location and the team will work or use the reports from the SharePoint location. Uh, again, this it will happen. It, it's not a question of if. It will happen and people will not publish to PowerBI.com anymore. And there's going to be this whole other you know, workflow around how do we manage the loading of these Excel files into my Power BI file from SharePoint and all this other kind of not, I think you're going to get a lot more questions here in the yeah. near future. I, it, there, listen, I, there are certain use cases that I, I just don't understand. And, and uh, hey, I, it, it's, it takes somebody to explain them to me. And I can't wait <laughs> for somebody to do that for me for this feature, right? I, I can understand, like I can hear a lot of, users who are not familiar with or use Power BI normally requesting this feature. I want to see these reports every, like if, if this is this is the PBIX file, I want to see it and that's not the point of the PBIX file, right? Like we've gone through years of refining the experience of how you share content with consumers. I think this is going to confuse people because if you start sharing these files around, nobody's going to be, you're not refreshing them. This isn't live data. This isn't automated in any way. Like why, why would we start taking the files themselves as the sharing mechanism? I, I just don't like, I don't get it. Yes. It, like it's already confusing people. Like I can consume in an app. I can consume in teams. I can embed in SharePoint. Why am I embedding in SharePoint? If I can read the file in SharePoint, like, you, you know, like, all of this is disconnected and what this screams what initially this seems like to me is a whole bunch of people who use power bi wrong telling telling microsoft they need this feature yep okay. you know it, I, unless there's and like i said i'm not the brightest bulb in the box all the time i don't know everything i could be completely wrong and there's a great use case i just We've spent so much time curating this that this one just seems to we've, not to me. Yeah, we even spent an episode here, and I've been trying to argue with myself on the use cases. <laughs> How's that going? Not well. So not well. Did you win? I have. <laughs> yeah. Did you win the argument? Yeah. Is the question here? I never win those arguments. So, uh, well, the one use case, like, well, maybe it's a review process for the BI team if it's in SharePoint. It's like, well, no, because I would want to look at the DAX and I would yeah, exactly look right at the model. Okay. Well, maybe. Uh, rather than that, it's it's a process to uh, go through before you actually publish it to an app. So, like, well, no, that's what a member uh, that's what a, a member role is, where they can publish to a workspace, but it's not in the app yet. So, there, to your point, Seth, yeah, there was someone who said devote time to this, but from any workflow or process, it's a oh neat feature, but not much else. And and Mike, it just kind of leads to more confusion than and then uh, enlightenment enlightenment so, i will say this there will be value brought from this feature it will be helpful to go to a sharepoint page and be able to kind of just look at each of the files what i would prefer if it were my if this were my feature i would prefer a static image of what that report looks like when it was there i don't want to interact with it i just need to see what it is so i can know which report i'm trying to open and edit and then move forward with that. So all this to say is it's going to be an interesting feature. I will say this. If this were my tenant, if this were my team, I would turn this off by default and I would only roll it out slowly after I had some substantial test time with this feature 
making sure that I had a, a fair understanding of how this would impact my environment. And I would, I would talk with my leaders and my center of excellence and say, do we really want people using Power BI assets outside of PowerBI.com and for sharing things? You can totally do that today. You can totally have Power BI files. You can push them up to SharePoint. Everyone could download them from a team and put them on their desktop and use Power BI desktop to build stuff. I totally understand that. But I think it's defeating the purpose of the, the enterprise solution around Power BI in general. And I would want to educate and or train my teams to be more equipped to be comfortable inside apps and powerbi.com to actually use the content. So it's more of the synergy of PowerPoint and Power BI. Oh shut up. I hate that. I'm not even no. Tommy. <laughs> my favorite thing synergy. in the world. Oh, synergy. You, it's not PowerPoint for data. It is data for data. I'm gonna reach out to Lauren on this to get get Lauren's the the author of the blog post. We, we gotta I, I've gotta I've gotta understand this. I got questions. I've got questions. Let's let's shift gears a little bit more. A couple more items here I want to go through as we have an intro here. Um, one thing I will point out here, Microsoft has just released the Microsoft uh, Fabric Readiness Git repo. So that'll be, I'll put that in the link here as well. So there's a Fabric Readiness repo that has been produced by the Fabric team. And this is a really good repository. It looks, it, there's about seven presentations and it's talking about, the, the whole purpose is a collection of presentation decks that are for user groups, online presentations, in-person conferences, and customer conversations. So this is like the sales deck that you're going to use or go through and understand what are the talking points that Microsoft is using when it comes to Fabric. I think this is a pretty strong um, solution here. I think a lot of people are still asking, particularly me, I have tons of questions. What is Fabric? How does it work? You know, where, what are the different people that need to be involved with what Fabric is doing? So I think this is a great way of, of reading through these materials, understanding what's going on inside um, these, these presentations that Microsoft is articulating. Good Things one. like good one. Using, using data science in Fabric, you know, using data engineering in Fabric. How do you use real-time analytics in Fabric? What does data integration look like with Data Factory inside Fabric? Um, you know, just in basic information around Fabric for Power BI users. What I'm finding is Fabric is bringing, again, this is what I said in the past, Fabric is bringing very much the data engineering world into the business user arena. So I think from a business user, we're getting a lot more capability, a lot more enterprise pieces with Fabric. And I think I think when we talk about these things, like the the way you're describing them, we should we should say wrapped in Fabric. Wrapped in Fabric. Data, data science wrapped in Fabric. Power BI. Yeah, right. data science wrapped right. in Fabric. Take it to the next level of <laughs> analogies. I yeah. like it. That's good. Yeah. Great. Good. Wrapped. Fine. So Fine's good. This is what I'm contributing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, one minor thing here I would also like to point out, as well as far as updates, there's been a good number of updates. I think this one will be helpful to people. Um, I just want to point it out. The Microsoft team has now, actually Rui, Rui's on fire. Whatever Rui's building Ooh, at Microsoft, Rui. I love. I love all his things that he's producing. Yeah. He's right. doing the PBIP format. He's now... Data set refresh history enhancements, his blog about that one. Rui's just killing it. So Rui, keep doing what you're doing. Microsoft, pay Rui double and have him do more. He's just doing mm. such a good job. So he's amazing. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> there's the automatic refresh tracking has now been uh, improved inside the service. So you're going to be able to see when you refresh a data set, by default, the data set will try retry itself multiple times. So you, you've 
run into these occasions where I'm trying to load some data, it's taken two hours, and then finally the data pipe fails. Well, you don't know what happened in those two hours. What was occurring during that period of time? So now there's more details, and there is, um, it's telling you about the automatic tracking of refreshes. It's giving you when it started and when it stopped. It's giving you a status on each of those refreshes. It's telling you what type of um, refresh was occurring, like a data or query cache. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting new features coming out of this. It tells you more about the duration of information. So I really like this new um, data refresh enhancement. I think this is going to be helpful for debugging. No, 100%. Well, yeah. Like if you guys have spent any time in uh, triaging refresh issues, you you know. So this is this is great because it consolidates probably like depending hundreds of rows of just log file stuff you could get at in the execution logs within you know like the gateway but if you don't have one you didn't have any access to yeah. this right so this is really nice just because across the board now you have a little bit more insight in the retry attempts and like where things are happening if something's delayed which is buried now in a one one time thing right like um for instance if something completed and it took an hour longer I think this breaks out the detail where potentially you could have had a couple failures first, right? While it was trying and re retrying, but it didn't kill the initial connection, but it showed that it took a lot longer. Yeah. As opposed to just succeeding, right? Because there's a lot of questions in here that once in a while you're just like, why did it take, you know, this long compared to like these other these other attempts was and what's error code or x zero 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 <laughs> well, <laughs> so well the, what yeah and one thing i love here one thing i'm hoping one i love that this is actually going to be part of uh gate uh like the rest api so this mm. is actually information they're not just bringing this into the ui this is actually going to be incorporated yeah. which is huge to be able to see the refresh history um <laughs> and get store that the one thing i'm really hoping here is they also store this or somehow store also store this in data flows because i believe this is just for data sets so and they're getting better with the data flow refresh history especially with gen 2 <laughs> but i mean all this information is so integral to say okay what should one what should i optimize but two what's going to be causing this problem there's nothing worse than waiting 10 minutes for 15 minutes to see something refresh just to see that error at the end without any real good clue on what's causing this so one thing i'm hoping is that this is part of data flows one thing i love it's going to be part of the rest api I would agree. I think it's going to be really good here. So anyways, they're definitely getting better about messaging back to the users. I think they're improving the right areas. There's definitely a lot more things that are also yeah. coming out. There's the uh, the fabric blog has other things as well. So those are the kind of the key things we get, get to and talk about. So with that, we're done with introductions. There's a lot of moving parts today these days. Uh, let's get into our main topic today. Tommy, frame us out here. So we're, we're talking about loading data, how much data, what is one lake? Let's talk more about that. Frame us out the uh, the conversation for today, Tommy. Absolutely, gentlemen. Now being 250 episodes in, by the way, congratulations for that. Uh, and also Microsoft Fabric now being around since May, we I think it has come to a point of conversation and understanding, well, how much data actually should exist in a one lake? We've talked a lot about this and a lot of our training too has been on the framework of it's a data set, but 
Should it be more? Should it be treated as multiple data sets? How much information, how much tables, how much artifacts should actually exist in one in a one lake? How many data sets should a one lake support? Can we make that decision yet based on one of the information that we know and has our perception changed? Yeah, this is a great question. I, and I, I like where this is going. Um, I still feel that Microsoft has mislabeled what one lake is versus lake houses. I still, I still kind of disagree with their language here. Um, and when I think about or overlay what I understand about like other systems, Snowflake, Databricks, other, other systems that are building this kind of lake house like architecture, I think of one lake as the lake house. It is, it is the lake house. And then the lake houses are the equivalent of like a, a database that would live like on a SQL server. So a SQL server is a machine. It would host many different SQL databases. Each database is a collection of tables. And so if I, if I relate, you know, what people know about SQL and how SQL servers have been developed in the past, right? The, the one lake is kind of like, uh, you know, all servers in my company, you know, the server is acting like, uh, you know, almost like the the one like object, and then all the databases are collections of tables. Those collections of tables are the equivalent of a a lake house in PowerBI.com. So, I think I think Microsoft changed the language on what these things mean, um, because when you start talking about the security of everything inside one lake, I don't think we have a full picture as to how this will be impactful or how good this will be until we get to more security or governance around what data is being produced across the organization within the one lake ecosystem. What makes you equate one lake houses with one lake? Like, cause I can have multiple lake houses in one lake. Yeah. I mean, I think of, so if I think about the structure of like a lake house, I mean, here, the reasoning behind this is under what, from what I gather, the one lake experiences a collection of storage accounts that are just housing information, right? If you need to localize um, a uh, some information into one lake in your region or your country, you can do that. And that data can be stored inside a particular region. You can access it, you can read it. Uh, so if you think of the one lake experience as a service of a collection of storage accounts that all house tables. In my mind, yes, that's that's a little bit broader of a, of a definition than what I would say I use in like Databricks today. But in Databricks today, I build a single blob storage. It has almost infinite storage space in there. And I just make collections and each collection is, you know, where I can put my files or tables or whatever I need. So I don't like to, when I build things for companies, we're not building a series of storage accounts. We're just kind of putting everything in a single storage account, which is a lake house for a company. So I, I think of I think of the one lake as this idea of all data that the company owns. Everything that's being stored in the cloud is living in that one area. Yeah, but that's a different like and that's why I I guess I'm I'm I have the questions I do around your statement saying like you think they mislabeled it or lake house because it, it there the the descriptions I have is there's one one lake. Right. There's one one like for the organization, and I think their the pitch is it's one drive for data, right? Yes, correct. Like they, I kind of like that. That's a good analogy. It, and even the experience of it, right, feels very much like OneDrive, and it reduces yes. all of the same setup. And like um, Josh Kaplan did a, a video with really good uh, video. 
guy in a cube, right? Where if you think about how we had to manually set up network drives to like do sharing of files before OneDrive, right? It's a big pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. We're doing like the, the, it's very, that concept of what we're doing now with cloud sources and one lake being the central location to remove all of what are now multiple storage containers within an organization. They all serve different purposes. One lake is just the storage, right? So I, to equate that with the lake house or the one part that you're building in analytics, I, I guess it doesn't make sense because you could have multiple lake houses. We can have multiple artifacts. It's the storage engine for all of the data within your organization. Yes. Not necessarily like the artifacts that we start to build within right. one lake that can sit in one lake that we can interact with these delta tables etc i guess maybe i'm relating more to this concept of it's not necessarily the technology or where the files or the the number of storage accounts that are associated i i guess i think of when i think of lake houses when i would talk to or communicate to a client or or talking to someone i would communicate you have one lake house i would not communicate to a client you would need to have multiple lake houses you for certain could have multiple storage accounts that are serving and storing things in there sure. but i think i think they got the messaging right i just think the name in my terminology or like where my may, frame of reference like, is coming from sure i guess i guess different. my point though is there there may be one lake house you may create a universal place where you have all of, all of the, the data yes. for an organization totally but that's all that's all that would be in there is curated information that belongs in the lake house the one lake contains much right. more than that, right? I think it's I would a agree. Holistic with... container for everything within the organization. Like, like, think about it this way: How many organizations do you know of right now, even in analytics, their their production, etc.? Mm -hmm. How many lakes do they have stood up? In in what? How many ADLS Gen two storage lakes See, do they have set up? But this many. is where. Me. But Many. this is where I'm saying I would. This is where I would disagree. This is where I disagree with the terminology a little bit. I think if you think about the lake house, like ADLS Gen two, that's the technology piece, and that's fine. You could have 10, 15 of those sure. stood up. You know, one for dev, one for test, one for prod. That's fine. But when I think about lake house architectures, I'm. I think I'm communicating the lake house architecture, or at least how I understand it, is more of a concept, conceptual piece. That is, uh, the lake house is, um, is the equivalent to a one lake it's it's the sum of all data that's being produced anywhere in cloud and yeah, uh, I, what one well, lake is providing so is a I management just, layer to actually say who has access to what pieces of data across what storage accounts let, let's think about this in the realm of microsoft fabric too because remember anytime you create a lake house in microsoft fabric you're also getting the sql warehouse you're getting the, the sql endpoint and this is my point are interconnected but this is this is my point so it's not my just storage you're right. You're right. But my point is the lake house, as Microsoft called it inside Fine. fabric is the word lake house. It is a single object that has tables and files. I'm saying my definition of lake house sure. is broader than that. My definition of lake house would be equivalent to what Microsoft is calling one lake. Fine. That's what I would communicate uh, to a client or something like that. So let's have the conversation confusing. in the realm of Microsoft fabric where every lake house is binded to a warehouse binded to a SQL endpoint that can Agreed. have a, a data set to it compared to just being storage. And I think, yeah, this is part of the confusion too. But like, that's it's not, what it's is not bound. It's not bound. 
anytime you create a lake house, you get a SQL you get, endpoint. You get default. And you get a modeling. Yeah. Yeah. You by default. So, default. so this is so this is where this. But this, let me step back then because lake houses is Orange what you described, Tommy. Because exactly. So what what it is? Microsoft's lake house is a bound asset of storage and compute, yes. all bundled together. And when you create quote unquote the lake house, which was, which would basically be a container for tables and files. It's basically what that means for the sure. storage component. With that, you by default get this SQL serverless machine that goes right along with that. And Microsoft automatically builds a schema for you that is the the lake house or the, the data set, mm -hmm. or sorry, what's the other one called? It's called the warehouse. The warehouse. It's it, you get a lake, a lake house. It's basically this, you get the storage account, the, the storage, and you get to compute automatically. The compute comes in the form of two objects, the warehouse and the data set. Those are automatically produced for you when you create the storage account. So to me, like I get it and it makes a lot of sense and it, it really is borrowing the language of lake houses to the organization. I'm just saying Microsoft had to change the language here because it, it is this, this picture of the world is now much larger yes and to add another fun layer of complexity here if you're even dreaming of doing direct lake you need a lake house if you want to have that refresh cap uh, capability you need to mm -hmm. be using lake houses correct and because that's the combined that. that's the combined so, asset of storage and compute right. so, in one artifact okay. okay so so where where i can understand your point of view if, if I'm thinking holistically, yeah, the foundations for which I can store data for the organization, any type of data, mm -hmm. for all users is one lake. It is the one drive for my organization. It's everything. It's refined if, data. If it's raw saying, data. If you're it's saying, data. Yep. Right. If you're saying that it, the experiences, some of the experiences in Fabric interact with or build tables of information, which we know are Delta Parquet, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the storage within one lake. It doesn't change the fact that the structure of all of this file storage is one lake. It doesn't change the fact that when we build artifacts, however we engage with them, it's still Delta Parquet. Yes. What you're describing to me is the interaction by which Fabric allows you to interact and create those files, but it's still just the Delta Parquet file. You can still interact with that file on that framework called OneDrive, like OneLake, yes, correct. with other tools as well. So you're describing your interactions of like Fabric as being the thing that is Lake House, OneLake kind of thing, and I don't yes. agree with that. I think these fundamentally, these are different things. This is the structure by which these artifacts are being built. And the permissioning across this isn't relegated to just what you're interacting with. It's it's across those objects based on what a, a person would have permissions to. So perhaps uh, let me frame the problem having where this really the the agenda came from. And maybe that will help frame a little here. Well, hang on. My, before we, before sure. we go on, Tommy, let's let's get to that one. But I just. I agree with you, Seth, but I also say I think my fundamental understanding of what a lake house came from was from Databricks. And so this is this is probably most of where my heartburn comes from. Databricks already started this language of a lake house. And a lake house 
from a Databricks perspective was all encompassing. All storage things, all compute things, everything in Parquet, all of the artifacts in your entire organization lives in this thing called a machine, basically a combined storage and compute layer called the lake house. So my fundamental understanding of like where I come from is a, a organizational concept phase. And so what I'm looking at now is I'm trying to take what I know of a lake house and overlay it into the language of what Power BI is doing with Fabric, which again, Microsoft wants to be unique and a special snowflake here and design their own language around. So but now they're going to have a like one lake. What was that? They aren't. You're still, the, what you would construct as a lake house within Databricks is a curation of ETL, like ETL, patterns of building out tables, structured lake house type data for the organization. It's the same thing in Fabric. One, one lake just extends and says, you don't have to have multiple different storage locations. Just throw all your crap out into one lake and everybody who has access to it has access to it just like we do with OneDrive. File sharing, share access, throw your PBX files out there. Who cares? And I'm, I'm saying what you just described in the latter half of that is a lake house. No, it's not. Yes, it it's is. not the same thing as Databricks. Where are your PBX files in, in Databricks? That's not part of the lake house. Lakehouse is purely I know storage I'm and compute. agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. We're saying the same thing. We're just saying the same thing. I'm just saying this is you're you're pushing on the points that I say is confusing. Microsoft has added confusion here because what Microsoft has built or is building is Lakehouse. The whole thing. One lake, one security, all the things in fabric. That to me is the Lakehouse architecture. That's what you want. Yeah, I don't agree with your your naming, but okay. let's move on. Come, okay, come back, come back. We're gonna so, agree to disagree. So let me share my problems. No, no. Um, Moving on. So, well, here's the, here's the fundamental thing that I I think this uh, this real topic or this question arose from. Every demo, every training, every slide, the user stories, documentation, all revolves around the lake house to the SQL endpoint to a Power BI data set. The problem I'm having with this right now or struggling with is it's being a single lake house to a single data set. We're not look, I have not seen one demo, one, one demo or one iota of examples of one fabric lake house supporting 25 different tables to support 10 different data sets. That has not been a use case. Mike, you and I know this too from our demos. One lake house is supporting one lake house so far for one data set is supporting a lot of artifacts. So mm. I don't know right now, I'm sure it can handle it, but is that the intended use case? How much data for the Power BI reporting for that final endpoint? And that's the fundamental difference here I see with Fabric Lake Houses. It's the intended end use case here. It's not, yes, you can use it for storage, you can use it for those other purposes, but the intended endpoint, the intended end result for the lake house and putting data in there and putting tables in there is for a Power BI data set or a Power BI model. Not anymore with Fabric. I'm going to disagree with you here too. I'm going to, man, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm going to be that either. So, so fine, but show me a demo or even Microsoft showing a difference. They here. have it. They do data science on top. So their, their whole idea. So this is their entire. All within Fabric. So yes, all, so sure, the, yeah. yes, the, the idea is what they've done in my opinion here is They've taken Synapse and Data Factory and shoved it into Power BI. 
They just they, what happened? All was, of these are the same services we all these, had. All these the same consolidated together. So what has happened is Microsoft said, "Whoops, Synapse didn't do well, or we're not getting the right amount of usage in that." <laughs> what we needed to do is bring those things closer to where Power BI is, because Power BI is the shining star in all of this, right? Every right. when when Power BI came out, I mean, Seth and I were talking about it like a long time ago. We were like, anything that touches Power BI becomes shiny. And if you think about, even when I talk about topics around Power BI and Fabric, everyone loves seeing visuals and reports. It's so graphically in your face. If you can make a, if you can make something That's that ties to a report, people love that and gravitate towards that as a, as a topic. As soon as you talk about data engineering, tables, lake houses, people are like, meh, not my, not my thing. Someone else is going to take it. So the audience is like when you engage people on visuals and report design, I think people are very excited about it. This whole other mundane area around like data engineering and stuff, not as exciting. It's not as flashy. So you're, you're now bringing all this. And so what, we're, what Microsoft, I believe, is trying to do now is say, okay, you can use a lot of these lake house artifacts directly with Power BI. That is one goal. But they've added this whole new data engineering role. They've added this new data science role into the space. Yes. And they really want you to build models. And I think there's going to be, I mean, now with notebooks and things, you now have a whole new workload of building training models, training things, pushing those things out to Azure ML or Azure uh, ML Studio and trying to get a model up and running in production that can predict things in real time. It's, it's trying to be the everything system I get for all it. of that. I get it. But that still goes to this fundamental question. How much data then should exist in a lake house? If even to the point of how many tables should be in a lake house, should it support a single data set? Should it support 20 data sets and the data engineering and data or the data science side of it? How, like where, how much storage are we looking at what a single lake house in Microsoft fabric should provide? So I'm going to answer this question in a bad way. And I'm pretty sure well, you're going to have the one lake should contain everything. Okay. All, like if yes. you're loading, if you're loading data from a data flow and you're building like a raw form of that table, you're just trying to industry load it in. Fine. That should be there. If you're loading, if you're trying to load things from Excel files, great. Put those files in one lake. So yeah, I think, I think the design of one lake is bring all the information files and, or, you know, groomed tables of data, bring everything you need to the one lake experience. Now I'm, I'm going to say one so lake. Far. And in my prior knowledge, I would say one lake slash lake house. Now, okay. this is where I think Microsoft changes the terms here. The lake house in terms of fabric is, to your point, Tommy, a specific bucket. You know, imagine my lake house has a house with many rooms. The lake house Microsoft describes is a room in the entire yes, lake house. I'm with you. So, far, so I am. A, yeah. So to this point, right now, the so question becomes, okay, I've gotten a lot of data loaded to my, again, maybe... A better analogy, like let's think of our one lake as an as a um, a skyscraper, right? The skyscraper has many rooms, different offices, different functions, different teams. You know, you even sell different rooms to you know uh, different companies, right? So you have HR and finance and sales. So the that is the building. So everything that is being data driven gets stuck into the building. Now, what room? What needs to be in room on floor twenty three? And how, and what is in it? Do we do we? How do we decorate it? Right. So yes, this with, this is the question I think, and this is I think where I'm struggling right now is to try and figure out okay, what is the level of effort or what do we pull into this one? And do I need you know a pipeline 
of lake houses. And this is uh, this is what really bothers me now because when I think about this, I have to maybe I have a bronze lake house, a silver lake house, and a gold lake house. And depending on what users I want to access that room, you know, uh, you know, if if it's gold, it's groomed, it's ready to go. I now have three lake houses, potentially with different quality of data in each of those spaces. And now the sharing mechanism for each of those things are now different. But to your point, Tommy, I get a compute layer, I get a warehouse, and I get a data set for all three of those spaces. Maybe why, I need that, why, maybe I don't. Why would I need three different lake houses? Can I just manage permissions on a layer? You, well, today you, today you cannot. So you can't manage permissions down to the table or row level detail in a lake house today. Eventually we should be able to. Hopefully with one security, that's what I'm reading into that a little bit. Well, is, I, would, I would say then that's a precursor for any engagement here is that level of... I would agree. And I would say I probably wouldn't... And because if that you, would, yeah, because that exactly. would solve this problem. Yes. Right? Like I would or argue that... Which well, problem? What you're discussing is like this explosion, right? Yes. I would argue. I would argue you'd have one like one one lake house. You'd have your raw current and curated layers or gold, whatever you want to call them, are going to branch out into different business units for different things, right? You can start to segment things out or have different um, areas own different parts of that lake house, can't you? Yeah, not, yet. Yeah, not yet. Not so, yet. Oh, so, so the answer oh. would be maybe in the future. You'll get table read write access on the individual table. So yeah. this is where I'm struggling, right? Well, if I so, build a single lake house for bronze, silver, and gold all in the lake house, I think that's going to become a lot of tables and going to become very confusing. And what you'll do is you'll compensate with table right. naming schema to be able to sift through the tables to know, okay, I have a a customer, a customer current bronze, customer current silver, customer current gold. Like the naming of these tables are going to get so intense that it's going to be like unwieldy to manage and or govern if you throw everything into a lake house. And this is where yeah. I think the analogy that Microsoft's putting together here falls apart, right? Yeah. I need well, multiple lake houses to segment what data people should have access to. So, so you're saying, would you equate a lake house with each business unit then or, or a particular data like set of data sources because if we talk like yes. what i'm trying to do is build the hierarchy of, like how sure. this would fall, fall like totally. fall within an organization this is what i'm this is what i'm working especially, through especially if what this affords me or what i should be doing as an you know someone who's building data structures is relying on the expertise of business units right this this helps me have ownership be where it belongs or at least have a SME, right of the business sure. unit engaged heavily in the ownership of data from a particular source. Well, what would, how do we build that? Like, how does that ownership, and, like, yes. the, is that part of something that goes into the full lake house and they own that work stream? Maybe, right. Maybe that's so, prior to like the constructed final forms of things. Right. Actually mm -hmm. probably would, it, it I, wouldn't, it wouldn't own the final, well, maybe they would own both the input and the final result. But so, like, yeah, you'd have to segment out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm and kidding. I like that, but think about the road power Microsoft brings you on when you build a lake house. Build a lake house, ingest in a pipeline or a data flow, push yep. to a table. Now what? It's, oh, here's the SQL endpoint. Here's your default data set for that lake house. This is where I really 
disagree or divert from I think that road because I don't think it's one lake house, one data set in terms of like a or full built data set. I, mean, I see a lake, but there's but there's no reason why you couldn't. I mean, I think but that's a lot of effort. I mean, because you're how much are you refreshing then downstream? You have to well, refresh these all these data flows to get to this lake house. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get go to a single data set. I, I'm gonna go I, on a tangent I, here, Tommy. Can I, you, I'm, can I'm you, still on one. <laughs> well, can you take? So the question would be: Is can you take a data set? And mix different tables from different lake houses. Not I th- right now. I say that again. Okay, so imagine Not a data. Right so imagine a data set, and you yeah. load table. Oh, such a good. Question. But you okay? But, but that's oh, that's the no. problem. So you this is what I'm thinking load, through. Finish. I, I missed your, your point. Sorry, I'm gonna go back. Such a good. Tommy's question. freaking out right now. His mind just got blown. So we have these lake houses potentially, mm-hmm. right? Multiple lake houses inside a fabric workspace. So now we've added this whole context of a workspace. Okay. Inside two lake houses, so I, maybe I have whatever for whatever reason I have an HR workspace and I have a sales workspace or sales lake house. Sorry, there's two different lake houses there. Does my data set? Do I create a data set? Now the default one is always linked to the in, the origination or the origin of that lake house. So by default, you're going to get a data set that's always describing one entire lake house. Yeah, you can adjust that. What if I made my own data set and then I pluck from d- lake house number one and pluck some tables from lake house number two? And so now I have a single data set that's using direct lake to both sources where I'm joining the data together. Yeah. I see no reason why this would not work or no reason why technically this wouldn't be short, shortcut, shortcut to those. Sources. Not even shortcut. I'm talking oh. about the data set, literally having a data set with two tables in it that you can then build relationships to in the data set. But now I'm pulling from two different lake houses with dependencies and you lose direct lake. It becomes import at that point. It's simply a connection to a SQL endpoint. It's no longer a connection to a lake house. Right, Once right, you go to right. that, I don't want to get for now married in the connection method here, but 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 I'm just saying this to me. This seems like something in the realm of possibility. Like the tech, if the technology exists to have a directly connection to a single lake house, why would it be so hard for Microsoft to figure out how to pull another direct lake connection sure, to a different lake house? Not, it's going to get there. We're not at that point yet, and I and I think like it talking okay. Talking about the realm of a single lake house because we're not there yet. At, to your to your scenario, Mike, it's simply just connecting to the SQL warehouses endpoints, and it's basically a bunch of databases at that at that point. This does not really encompass. I love Seth's point too about the permissions, which is a whole other layer here. Yes, talk a whole other layer here on how much should be in a lake house. Yes, but thinking about how much then what does a lake house, a single lake house, support? I think it, I think a lake house will support. So I'm going to step. I'm going to answer your question with another question and a statement. Question. If question, you statement. Okay. Maybe something like that. Maybe it's a question. I don't know. What I think needs to occur here is there needs to be a strategy around this. And so where I I've been doing lake house development for the last five years or so. So I'm I feel like I've got some strategies that seem to work well. And when you think about what you know, other teams or other companies are doing in this lake house type architecture. Let's not talk about the technology. I'm not talking about fabric for a moment. They are building bronze, silver, and gold. Bronze is like that raw layer of data. You're streaming information in, you're getting a, a ever appending table of data. The silver layer is all this transforms. You're, you're deleting any duplicates of records. You're, you're simplifying the data. Uh, you, maybe you're building a table that has historical records. Maybe you're building a table that only has the most recent value of a single record, right? Current and historical records. The, the engineering, the grunt of your 
engineering work is in the silver layer. At the end of this, you join tables together. You make uh, materialized views. You build it. You build a final table that looks very close like a star schema. So I don't want to do engineering inside Power Query anymore because I have the power of the lake house. I want to build all the dims and facts as needed. And I literally, my, my Power Query steps inside Power Query should literally be two steps, source and change data types for Power BI. That's literally all that should be happening at the Power BI side for the data sets standpoint. Yeah. So being that's my architecture, I think depending on what kind of quality of data you care about, that's what should be in the lake house. So if you have Power BI reports pulling from the lake house, I think you should be thinking about the tables that live in that final lake house element. Again, whether you make this one big lake house and you just kind of name the tables a separate way, bronze, silver, gold tables, <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But regardless, at the end of the day, the, the data pipeline has to exist. And that final lake house becomes the dimensions and the facts that support the data set. Well, the, the, it, the final objects you're creating become the artifacts that you share, regardless of whether that's through Power BI data sets or what. Agree, agree. Yeah, it's it's the shareable the way artifacts. You're describing it is confusing yeah. because it's all part of the lake house. Sure. Right. Like yes, it, correct. And, and maybe and and this is like I don't is this part of the conversation where we're rolling a lot of different layers of objects that we're creating into this conversation. Whereas what's really relevant at the end of the day is the final product, right? Yes. And, and that is a, a set of data sources or data sets that make sense to the business and are usable. And, and that could mean, when I, when I say data sets, I don't mean models per se. Yes. For yeah, Power could, BI. Correct. What I, what I mean could is be anything. probably models, but could also be, you know, views or compiled tables that provide, you know, hard, hard, hard row, row level data that, you know, business, business areas want to have access to that are consolidated from many different sources within the lake house. And I think that's the power of that's the point. pulling all of this information together is simplifying the access to and the ability for data people and teams to create queries or build data sets very easily. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of something like Power BI can do on a very front-end level, but it's not enterprise, right? Correct. It's not repeatable. You know, yes. Yeah. Right. And I think that's I think that's the the most fun part about oh, I like that definition. This ecosystem here in how Power BI can be leveraged in an organization is it is it can be used as a discovery tool whereby you are pulling together sources of data you're doing discovery you're figuring out how apis work you're you're connecting to all of these systems that organizations have and you're learning what you would need to to build the actual engineering pipelines because at the end of the day the thing you probably built a sliver of for a report problem or some uh, an objective within the organization and you you give a very fast result to the business, which is valuable, you can then take those learnings and build in that to lake house processes, which are mm -hmm. slower. They're gonna yes. be slower. Mm -hmm. But the next time the business comes around and says, okay, hey, we built this thing. Now I wanna see this, this, this. It's not a three week exercise. Yeah, It's a two day exercise, 
right? And, yeah. and you can give them the data in many different forms. Or if they said, hey, you know, we did this thing. What I'd love to see is how we would connect that with this and this and this. Hmm? And if you have these processes in place and you've consolidated your data in a lake house, you can be like, okay, give me 10 minutes and I'll, I'll, I'll join that. I'll do that query for you. Yes, and exactly. Seth, this is that's Seth, the this value is, of why we compile all this stuff together. And Seth, yes. this is where I'm leaning, or maybe it would be a better way to say this is where I want to lean. Where there's almost the fr there's a framework of department level lake houses which could support the data science, can re support creating views from the warehouse that's created, and it supports all the tables for a single department. Um, at the kind of the end result or the final lake house. To me, that makes the most sense. It could support multiple data sets with multiple different schemas and relationships uh, from a modeling point of view. It can support any of the data science there because it's already curated and created. And it can support the views, to your point, uh, from the warehouse where I don't have to create these multiple lake houses per like one or two well, data I, sets. Yeah, I guess, I guess the question I would have is how you delineate building those objects i guess matters less to me than the the framework that we have within fabric that allows us to interact with the objects that we need to yes. when we need to. yeah right so because i yes if I i'm if you're a business unit and you're going to go build your own lake house i don't care build what it. i would care is if i if well, i use the culture dimension access, that i made if i wanted to access <laughs> your data and pull it into yes information i have i I don't care how you built it. If you want to own the object and you did that in a different lake house, I, I don't think that matters in this ecosystem. I could make an argument that, well, that doesn't uh, that doesn't that doesn't equate to its own lake house. I'd just give you a schema within mine. Right? Like But there are there are some things, Tommy, that in there. And Tommy, I think you're you're making a good point here around like we could talk about like a department level goals and they have their ways of shaping data for their department and what they need, but there also are, I mean when you guys were talking, I'm, I'm writing down things that think fabric is the repeatable data engineering for the enterprise. That is what it is mm -hmm. across all business users and IT. It does. It serves all purposes. But one area that I'm I'm struggling with here a little bit, Tommy, that I'm challenged by when you, when statement you said was, I feel like I feel like the the idea or the concept of a single department building their own like house. I think I'm very I'm very much into that. I think it makes sense. But I do think there is a, we need to step back as a, as a, as the company looks at the data they have for their entire company and say, we have, there are things, there's artifacts, dimensions for customers, dimensions for products. There are things that are cross company. Every department should be looking at the same stuff. And, and wow. to me, this is where, and this is, and this is where in the same way we have potential data sets in a separate deployment pipeline of dev test prod data sets to a workspace that is dev test prod of reports, right? The same re respect of having that delineation between the data sets and the reports. All that Fabric does for me is adds another ability or another layer of control, another layer of lake houses, and where we could say as a company, a holistically, here is dim customer, okay, department, build your own lake house. But here's a shortcut to these other tables that are groomed holistically from the entire company. And there's a team, and this is where maybe the central BI team mm -hmm. or representatives from different groups say, who owns the data that's going to be in this dim customer table? Does that all come out of Salesforce? Are we making up our own thing? Are we trying to load stuff from crappy Excel? Right. Like, what is, what's going to give here? And, so, we, and we figure out, 
this gives us the opportunity to really step back and say, what is the data that drives our company? And I think on the projects I've been on recently, there's a lot of value, you know, if we're talking like, you know, the commercial team, the operation team, the revenue, the finance team, like those teams have a lot of the same data sources. And when you talk across all of them and have a more holistic view of your company, yes, you may go ahead and build your own lake house for what you need, but there is parts of this that should be pulled from a central place. Yeah. And so to me, this is, I'm so excited for where fabric is going. It's, it's still rough around the edges. I, I'm still not recommending anyone go use it today, day one. Uh, you know, it's, it still needs some uh, refinement. And I don't think, you, I don't think anyone should use it until you start talking about more like one security that's on top of all this. Right. Yeah. Once that gets there, I think I'll feel much more comfortable about permissioning because as of right now, you can only permission access to or not to an entire lake house, a lake house in itself. And I think this is why I said, this is where I want to lean to your point. That's absolutely, uh, having those master tables, which are essential, right? To have central, gotta have them. They even dip date for crying out loud. Uh, uh, having that somewhere in a central master lake house, your, your sister bay of lake houses, so to speak. Yep. Wisconsin reference there for, for some of you, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, but the, but no, but I, I, but I, I'm agreeing with you where I, I'm, I want to lean that way, but I also think the architecture or the technology or even the UI can really support that right now. That I agree. Level. It's not there yet. That's what I say. Right. It's, it's in preview. It's kind of still getting things figured out. I think the, from what I see, if I can read the tea leaves and in the tea here a little bit, what were Microsoft, it feels like they've got the right design and vision for where this is going. And I saw a tweet from Amir, um, who's kind of leading the helm here. He said, you know, another massive update for, I think it was uh, August, another massive update for August. Get ready. There's going to be tons more massive updates for now until forever on top of this, yeah. this, uh, this, this fabric thing. So I, I really do think Microsoft is very much pushing this one. And you'll notice, uh, actually, Donald just put a note out here, SQL Bits 2024 just got announced. Uh, so we'll throw a, a quick... You heard it here first, people. SQL Bits 2024 is out uh, the 19th to 23rd of March in Fanbro. I don't know Farn where. Farnbro. 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 This is this is people people from from across the pond. There are going to be like, yeah. What is, is that? Yeah. Google it immediately. West, Googling Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're slaughtering them at Farnborough. So, uh, but. There's also, a, so with that conference, there's also another one that Microsoft's putting on in December. There's an announcement from the December conference for oh, data right. and AI. Mm, so, really? I mean, it's, when you look at the speakers, it's all about fabric and it's all speakers are on the fabric base. So Microsoft is super doubled leaning down on the, you enter, you have your operational system and then now you have fabric. So literally that's the only solution you're going to need for anything in your company will be go build your you know, dynamic side, the it enterprise is, side it is a very compelling story. It's getting and, better. And if, and if all these pieces start pulling together, right, it, it makes sense in, in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. So to, I, to be a big impact it. in the business in the same totally way agree. that power BI was right. Yes. I, I think this opens doors and we, we talked about this, I think in our last, in the last podcast, right. Where, mm -hmm. there's a definite possibility, even with all the AI introductions and well, and you throw that into the conversation, right? Exactly Every right. element of this simplified ways for more and more people to get access to these systems and be a part and a player. You're you're bringing very complex technologies and systems, and you're lowering the bar of entry. Yes, 
which this, which opens the doors for a lot more ownership to subject matter experts within businesses. It's a big deal. So to answer this question kind of in one statement here at the end, I'll give my view on this one, right? How much data do you load to one lake? Everything. Everything gets landed into one lake. My caveat to this is you need a plan to figure out on how you're going to bring everything in and what is the method by which you're going to find data stewards for that information and how will you find um, a proper method to communicate and distribute that content back out. So to yeah. your point, Tommy, right? Our, our lake house is is the skyscraper with many rooms with lots of data filling all those rooms. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have everything in it. Great. If I have the right level of permissions, I can go to any room in that building and look at any data anywhere in our organization. That's exactly what we want. In addition to this, it lowers the barrier of we're not having to worry about building the building or building the infrastructure. All that's being managed now by Microsoft. And we now have tools at our disposal that are all software as a service. This is the way the market is going. And I find the speed of innovation has very much increased when you start using tools like this. The challenge that I think we're going to face is we need to have a plan on what information in the same way we're going to have report proliferation because it, it's Javen's paradox for data now. So we just talked about Javen, uh, Javen's paradox around the report building experience and the, and the BI that goes along that. This is the same effect that's going to be happening with creating tables of lake house data. The organization will be able to, at a much lower cost, time, effort, build a ton of more tables inside the lake house. How do we find which are the best pieces and sources of data? And how do we elevate certain portions of that data above others so that it becomes certified and regularly reused? That's going to be the challenge. The technology has gotten better. We need better policies and we need to educate our people to make sure that we can, we can keep up with it. We're not going to be able to keep up if we don't educate. That's kind of my point. Seth, any final thoughts? Final, like your final nine points. I, I think I liked your final nine points. There um, we go. I, I, I think I, I agree with you. The, a lot of the foundational things that we've been doing still apply. Hmm? It, it is, does not what's, change. What's changing that is how, how we bring those to light or make the best use of them within the organization. And there's the people, people aspect of this. We, we, can build, we can bring in more people in frameworks like this to take ownership of data and that changes how we go do things or build things within the organization so exactly how we architect the uh, certified data objects and reports can change completely and be much more efficient and that's what I, i'm pretty excited about tom anything yeah i think the last thing i i really foresee where we're going with this with the user enablement and empowerment we're getting less to I don't want to say there's going to be different words than just data engineering and what fabrics really are going to open up for the business. Oh boy. Community. Yeah. Oh boy. So we're, we're really opening up something that I, I still don't think we, we see the potential here. I, I still don't think we see what the final kind of impact this is going to have on businesses, both from your BI all to your point, uh, Seth, all the way down the business to what impact this is going to have. And I think good. We're planning it. But continue, I think, the knowledge and also an understanding what can it can it hold and uh, talking about what is the final output? What is that final outcome we're looking here? Hmm. I would totally agree with these things. With that, thank you very much for listening and hanging out here for the podcast. Thanks for letting uh, me argue this thing out with Seth and, and share some of our ideas here. Um, 
this is healthy for me. It helps me really refine these ideas and what we're thinking through here. Um, I hope you are also exploring what does this fabric thing mean for you? I think regardless at the end of the day, this is going to change how you build and work with your data. Uh, it will be fundamentally different after you start really using fabric and start in getting engaged with it. Um, and I'm very excited for it. I don't be, let me be clear. I'm very pro fabric. I think this is the way that Microsoft needs to go to remain competitive. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I understand where's the best place to spend my effort. What should I learn? And how do we govern it? Thank you for watching. We appreciate your listenership. Please uh, like, and subscribe if you don't mind. We would love it if you just share this with somebody else. This is a, uh, we think really good content. If you liked it and you hung out for the whole episode, I think some of you have, please share somewhere else. Let somebody else know that you enjoyed the content as well. And maybe you didn't learn anything, but maybe you uh, got a couple of kicks out of Mike being uh, frustrated with the lake house. Um, with that, uh, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find us on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, helps us out a ton. If you have a question, an idea, or a topic that you want us to talk about in a future episode, head over to Power BI Tips slash podcast. And finally, join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 730 Central, uh, to, and join the conversation on all of Power BI Tips social media channels. Awesome. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time.